702. The Political Desk. It's 10 to 7. It's, uh, what, been 10 days, really, of the eruption of demonstrations and protests all across America, uh, but also international solidarity being shown for the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, this, of course, uh, in the wake of uh, the murder, and that's really what it was, wasn't it? The murder of George Floyd. Uh, we're joined now by Devin Barrington Ward, who is a candidate for the Georgia State Senate uh, and also the managing director for Black Futurists group. Uh, Devin, thank you so much. I know uh, you've stayed up late for us uh, in terms of your time and it's early uh, morning uh, in South Africa. Thank you so much for talking to us and welcome to our program. Of course, and it's not that much past my bedtime. I'm, I'm kind of a night owl, so it's fine. <laughs> we appreciate it. Listen, um, uh, this is this is a moment. Uh, I think whichever way you dice it, the last ten days, what we have seen uh, in terms of the protests in the U.S., this is a significant moment. The real question is whether it will be a lasting one. Will it bring lasting change? I believe that it will. Uh, We uh, just got some really amazing news out of uh, Los Angeles, California, that the mayor of Los Angeles will be taking anywhere between 150 to 250 million dollars out of the police budget and reinvesting that money back into black communities. And I believe that that was only possible um, to divest from the broken system of policing um, because people have had enough and people took to the streets and there was a different energy and a different intention when people took to the streets this time around. In addition to that, the city of Minneapolis, where George Floyd was killed, there is an effort by the city council to completely disband the Minneapolis Police Department and start from scratch, um, start from scratch because they recognize that uh, their system of policing is broken, which is attached to the larger police state here in the United States. And so we are seeing movement. Those were not reforms or policy proposals or conversations that we had had previously. I believe that because of all of the unrest that has been going on in the country, compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic that's happening globally, but here in the United States, that pandemic impacts black and brown communities um, disproportionately. And so I believe all of those issues come kind of merging into one has created an energy um, that I do believe we will see some lasting reforms. What was it particularly, though, do you think about this moment, about the George Floyd murder uh, that sparked uh, uh, this this awakening? I mean, people like you obviously have been uh, part of this movement uh, for some time now. You've been calling for attention uh, to what is happening to the lives of uh, black men in America. But what has sparked uh, the conscience? What has pricked the conscience of the rest of the nation? Well, I believe it was also around uh, the fact that there was a uh, uh, the other killings other than George Floyd that happened in such a short amount of time. Um, it's not just black men in this country that are harmed by the police. It is black people. Breonna Taylor, um, which is a name that oftentimes we don't hear about, um, but Breonna Taylor was a black woman in Louisville, uh, uh, Kentucky, an EMT worker, a paramedic, a frontline worker, who was killed in her home as she was sleeping because the police went to the wrong house. Um, and so we know that, um, that black men are not the only victims of police brutality and violence in this country. But in addition to that, in the state of Georgia, we saw Ahmaud Arbery hunted like an animal 
in his streets of his own neighborhood by three white vigilantes, one who was former law enforcement. And so when you add all of those together, along with um, the COVID-19 pandemic and the, um, the inherent government uh, dysfunction, the intentional, what felt like intentional government mismanagement of the response to the pandemic, and we lost 100,000 people here in this country, and many of those folks are black. And so I believe when you combine all of those issues along with the killing of George Floyd, the killing of Breonna Taylor, the killing of Ahmaud Arbery, I believe that there was a collective enough is enough moment, and people took to the streets. But in addition to that, we saw the response when people took to the, to the streets. And that response was grounded in more, initially, more police. More military. More aggression, yeah. More aggression. And I think when people saw that instead of the response being met with uh, grace, instead of the response from the government being met with compassion and understanding, this government under uh, Trump uh, uh, met protesters, peaceful protesters, with aggression, with tear gas, with batons, with tanks. And so I believe that people saw how their government was mobilizing against them in some areas of the country and was using their own tax dollars to police and harm them even further and respond to their righteous outrage with more violence. And that brought more people out into the streets. You're running for the Senate in your state in Georgia. What change do you think you are hoping to bring through the formal political process? Yes, so I understand the, that the power of protest is important, but that cannot, uh, that power has to be paired with the power of public policy. And so in Georgia, I believe that we have the political will and the political capital to pass a comprehensive police brutality bill, to divest um, money from police departments and invest them in community initiatives. I believe that we can ban dangerous arrest practices like the chokehold that killed Eric Garner a few years before this. Um, and that was where you heard the popular phrase in Black Lives Matter spaces of I can't breathe. That was originally what Eric Garner said when he was killed by NYPD police on um, film. Um, and so banning those uh, dangerous arrest practices like the chokehold and putting your knee in someone's spine. But in addition to that, it's also ensuring that Georgia is the number one state in the country for people in prisons, jails, and under correctional control. And so I believe that we need to shift that tide, and I will introduce legislation where we will build no more new jails and we will build no more new correctional facilities in the state of Georgia. And the money that we would allocate towards that would then be allocated towards education, would be allocated towards healthcare systems, would be allocated towards minority business development. Um, and so I believe that those are reforms that we can champion because we have the will of the people and the elected officials have seen that the people are willing to occupy the streets until um, liberation is found. Devin Barrington-Ward, thank you very much for your time. Uh, an activist there in uh, Georgia is also a candidate for the state Senate there. He's been in the thick of the protests. Uh, and as he says, uh, this is coming on the back of many, many other incidents, not all of them caught on tape. And in a number of them, the perpetrators got away with it uh, no more.